Hello and welcome to yet another very special episode of Civ Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I am joined by Civ Pop Writer Austin. Hey! This week we're going to be talking about One Night in Miami, or this mini episode really. We're going to be talking about One Night in Miami. Uh, this is a movie coming out on Amazon Prime on January 15th. That's today. Um, so if you're listening to this episode, you can access it via Prime Video. And when I did the Soul and Wonder Woman video, we kind of talked about how like we were only going to do large releases. But Austin has helped me get in contact with studios and with um, production companies and the likes of that. So I reached out and very quickly... Um, Amazon uh, sent me a screener link for One Night Miami, and I was able to watch it earlier. So pretty much any of the studios that are going to give me early access, I'm going to give you a review for, um, whether or not I have another writer on or not. But Austin also has it. Um, and so Austin uh, got me connected. Austin's joining me to talk about it. I'm really excited about it. But if you don't know what One Night in Miami is, it's a fictional account of the incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gather discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 60s. So Austin, um, you got to uh, check out this movie uh, for a little bit. And what was the, uh, what do you think about this movie? Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I love it. Initially, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, I like it. But the more and more it sits in my mind, I think I love this movie. Okay. So uh, have you seen it just the once then? Uh, I've seen it just the once. I meant to see it during an awards screener time, but I missed out on that chance. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it just the once, actually recording this right after I finished, uh, because I just wanted to talk about this movie and not wanted to wait. That's the one thing they don't tell you when you get screeners, is you have to wait for the rest of the world to catch up to talk about movies with people. But I'm going to land very firmly in the liked it category. Okay. Um, I, I don't think I love this movie, but I think I'm going to have a similar experience to you. I think that there's a chance, even by the time this episode launches, I might say I love this movie. I currently have this as a four out of five on Letterboxd. There's a good chance I'll watch this by the end of 2021 and it will go up in my list. So I know my wife wants to watch it with me and she wasn't able to today. So um, what are your brief thoughts? Why do you say uh, that you love this movie? There's an inherent psychology to everything everyone is saying, whether it's Jim Brown, Cassius uh, Clay, anyone. It's, there's these four ideas coalescing into this one idea that I think even for a white man in the middle of Arkansas is really just profound and something I haven't seen before in a film, especially from Regina King. I, her direction here is amazing. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke is just fantastic. I bought the soundtrack. Uh, just, man, it is amazing what, what she's been able to do here. Yeah, um, a lot of the points that you're bringing up are exactly why I like this movie, but I do have a problem. The, the directing by Regina King, like we said, is great, especially this is her directorial debut, so um, it's great. Um, the acting is all great, particularly um, the standout to me was the actor that played Malcolm X. I can't think of his name off the top of my head Kingsley right now. Kingsley Benadire. Yes, he is so good. And Leslie Odom Jr. is also great here. Obviously, everybody across the board uh, is great, like I mentioned. Um, I think the screenplay is is smart and clever. Um, I think it transitions a little bit well to where it doesn't feel like a play, but you can tell it's yeah. based off of a play. And I think the ending is stunning. And and the music as well. I'm definitely going to be checking out the soundtrack more. My, my fault with this movie is the first hour really doesn't accomplish much, except for establish its characters. And as somebody who was very unfamiliar with several of the characters, because I'm not a sports guy, so I had no idea who Jim Brown was. Me neither. Um, 
So that was something I had to look at. And uh, I mean, I'm not a sports guy, but I at least knew who Muhammad Ali was. I didn't know much about him, so much so that the, almost the whole movie he's called Cassius Clay. And I'm like, okay. And then I had to Google him and say, oh, that's Muhammad Ali before he was Muhammad Ali. Got it. And I had no idea who Sam Cooke was. So really my only... The only one I knew was Malcolm X right out of the bat, right out of the gate. So I don't know if that's a common experience. So I feel like those 40, first 40, 50 minutes are necessary. But I feel like that whole sequence could have just been done in, you know, expositional dialogue. You could have mm-hmm. had them all riding in the car together instead of, you know, Sam driving to driving separately. And I'm, I I just feel like the first half of this, the, all the setup is just long, but everything after the setup yeah. is excellent from the moment where they go to the rooftop. Uh, I think is just terrific. Yes. And Eli so. Gore is fantastic here. Uh, Cassius Clay. Yeah. He's, he's really funny. He's the one that I think stood out as being the most different. Yeah. And I mean, he's a funny guy, whereas all of these other guys are just talking about these very heady subjects that, and Cassius Clay is over here just like, Hey, what about like, the fact that I'm the greatest uh, athlete who has ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think um, I'm, I'm going to leave this as a jumping off point. Uh, we're going to talk about the movie a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in depth, get into sp- some specifics. I don't really know that it's possible to spoil this movie. So I'm not going to issue a spoiler warning. But at this point, like if you really want to go in with a completely fresh mindset, I would say now is a good hopping off point. Go watch the movie and then return to the episode. But if you're one of those that doesn't care about kind of knowing where the story is going, like I said, I don't think there's any spoilers to be said about this movie. But we're going to talk about it for just a couple minutes more, getting some of the specifics on why uh, we really like this movie. And Austin, I'll kind of jump off of that Cassius Clay comment and he was he was so electric but he was also really egotistical i almost didn't really like the character which is interesting because so he, i i wrote a note that char- these the characters being the real people is both the strength and the weakness of this movie because i don't know muhammad ali in real life i don't know his personality and in this movie he's kind of an egotistical jerk <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about him, but I know based off his reputation that, you know, he's a legend in the boxing uh, community as well as in the African-American community. So I, I think the fact that there are real people here gives it strength and helps ground it in the real world, which this is a, a real scenario. All four of these people were together at some point, but everything is entirely made up outside of that. So, but I think that, so I think that having the real character, the real people be the characters is both a strength and a weakness because if we didn't know Jim Brown and Sam Cooke and Malcolm X, then I feel like all the exposition is necessary. But because I can do a quick Google search, do I really need forty minutes of? Like, there's like two or three boxing matches in here, and like I don't, I don't need any of them. Yeah, I, I, I think what Regina King is trying to do there with the forty minutes you're talking about, I think what she's doing there is like, hey. Kids like me or you might not know who Cassius Clay is, why he's called Cassius Clay, what's going on here. You know, I, I mean, I certainly didn't know anything really going in. And I'm actually probably going to do some more research before my final review. So I think that's kind of why she does that 40 minutes. But I do agree with you. It is a little overlong. I, I think I could have done with a 10, 15 minute montage. That would have been fine, especially since. Uh, it's something they do at the end, 
Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's why I'm more frustrated about it now. Because the way they do it at the end is so perfect. And I do want to talk about the ending more. Uh, but I had a problem with it as the movie was going. That it was just hard for me to be like, okay, so when's the movie actually going to start accomplishing yeah. what it hoped to? But as the movie ended, I was like, okay, this paid off so well. I think I would love it if the first 40, 50 minutes, pretty much until the moment where Malcolm X um, checks the hotel for for bugs and then they go upstairs onto the rooftop. Like pretty much until that mo- that moment onward, I would say I love, probably would give it a five out of five stars. But I think just the first 40, 50 minutes just don't fit with what I think the movie's trying to accomplish. It feels a little bit like we're kind of watching a lot of setup for not much. Yeah, I, she kind of does this thing that I, it's kind of taking show, don't tell to a kind of inverse degree. She's saying, hey, hey, something's going on with Malcolm. I wonder what it is. And does that for like a solid, I think, hour. And I don't think it's useful here because we all know what it is. The moment we see the two, uh, him and Cassius Clay together, it's like, okay, we know what's going on here. We know yeah. what the ending is. We don't really need the whole, I'm sneaking out to go call my wife and daughter thing. It, that didn't really resonate with me because it's just like, okay, we if this is something historical and you're trying to treat it as if we both know and don't know, it it it's it, something that could have just been, I mean, again, in a montage. I agree. Uh, regarding setup, I think they didn't go into the dynamics of the Muslim Brotherhood enough for what it's trying to do there with Malcolm and uh, Cassius. Yeah, it was it was a lot for me because again, I didn't know like I know about Malcolm X and his civil rights movement stuff, but I didn't know about a lot of his faith-based stuff. And this movie really dived in, dove into that. And I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so yes, I agree with you. I could have used a little bit more understanding of what exactly is going on in terms of that. Um, and, you know, kind of as the movie was going on, I was referencing Wikipedia and um, yeah. biographies to kind of see. And so Malcolm X led Muhammad Ali to his Muslim faith. Um, but soon after left, which, you know, the movie portrays again it's not really a spoiler if this is 50 years in the past (laughs) Um, so i've already mentioned really my only problem with the movie these can't be made up characters because then it would have to be entirely alternate history and i think one of the things it has going for it is that it's real people that we can look up to and a lot of people have idolized and i mean we have several biopics on muhammad ali probably most notably the Will Smith one ali uh, and documentaries as well and same thing with malcolm x um i don't know that i've ever seen Sam Cooke or uh, Jim Brown portrayed in anything, but and I wonder why uh, that is. It's interesting, yeah, especially since Jim Brown became an actor. Sure, well, and I, well, I don't know how successful his acting career was. Uh, based off of the Wikipedia research, he was a I mean, he was the quarterback for the um, the Browns mm-hmm. for uh, a while and a Hall of Famer at that. But it, it also said he was a sports analyst. So I don't know okay. if his acting career didn't take off, and so he just became an analyst. There's a lot to the end of the story. So, yeah. you know, And, and Sam Cooke being involved in the music industry. And you get the feeling of like hope and optimism at the end of this movie uh, for his character. but I, Or at least for his career. But I, I don't know that I've ever heard a Sam Cooke song in my whole life. Nope. Me neither. So, but, you know, I grew up in white suburbia. So that's 
probably not an uncommon thing. Uh, the one thing I did appreciate about this movie is I appreciate how this movie shows the the struggles and the conversation that African Americans are having, especially in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And here, so here's my problem with with a lot of I, I don't want to say these types of movies, but you know these types of movies yeah. is that it, it, specifically with Spike Lee is that I feel guilty just because I'm white. That's a big problem I have with Spike Lee movies. Uh, I think he's gotten better about that. I think The Five Bloods and Black Klansmen are exceptional uh, yeah. examples of finding a nice balance, but especially early Spike Lee stuff very much felt like all white people are terrible. And I don't consider myself a terrible person. So I feel like this movie addressed things in a way that, yes, you can see people subconsciously belittling the these four um, actors or these four people. Um, in real life and um, but I never felt overly guilty or overly or overly bur- overly burdened I never felt like I was part of the problem yeah and it makes um, great use of it in the beginning and I think that's yes. why she uses the 40 minutes or whatever to establish because there's conversations with Sam Cooke with Jim Brown where it's saying hey they just don't understand that's all they're I think really saying in my mind is, Hey, they don't really understand. So we got to make them understand. And sure. even with, um, Cassius Clay's, um, one of his friends, um, I forget who it was when he's saying, Hey, I'm going to go see Malcolm X. And they're all like, wait, 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 no, 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 don't do that. Sure. Um, yeah. even his, uh, friends, uh, are like, Hey, whoa, 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 no, don't do that. What are you doing? So it kind of balances out, so to speak. It's saying, hey, there's issues that no one wants to talk about on both sides. Totally agree. So let's see. We've talked about the acting quite a bit. Again, I think the standouts are Malcolm X and um, uh, Sam Cooke, uh, especially since Leslie Odom Jr. is doing original performances. Uh, he's an excellent I'm musician, calling it excellent now. Actor. Best original song. Calling it now. I mean, what's the competition? There's turntables from Janelle Monae, also from Amazon. Sound of Metal. There's two there, mostly documentaries. Yeah, I was like, I don't. I mean, I think yes. I think this is more than deserving of a best original song. But I also am like, I'm wondering, yo, what's the competition? I don't know if Ma Rainey has anything in it because I haven't seen Ma Rainey yet. Mo- most of the movies that have come out, I I don't. Oh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, Bill and Ted, right. <laughs> What are going to be the contenders? Um, you know, and there also haven't been any huge animated releases this year. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know Soul has the David Diggs um, original song. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's not going to be an Oscar winner, I don't think. Yeah, to get back to your point, um, I totally see this winning best original song. I think it's deserving. Uh, and part of it is it encapsulates everything that the movie is trying to say. Uh, Malcolm X brings that authority out of Sam Cooke mm-hmm. um, to really bring that out at the end. Um, and... You know, while you might sit there in the moment and be like, this interview is really short. He just finished a song. They come over here, ask him one question and say, hey, will you sing another one? But at the same time, like, I don't maybe that's how it was. Right. Like or, in, you know, if, if it's unnecessarily filler, then why do we need it? And so anyway, it is just weird. Uh, but I think the ending is just incredibly powerful. Uh, it's showing the futures of each of the characters after this one night in Miami, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, are biological and are historical or biographical and are historical. They are true. You know, they're not made up. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, the Kent powers who also has a credit on soul, by the way, writing, 
um, and co-directing. Has, and co-directing soul. That's right. Um, he has to, he has to figure out this is what happens after Muhammad Ali and um, Sam Cooke and Jim Brown and Malcolm X are all in the same room one night. What are each of their futures like and how can we take that one night to be a conversation that turns them to that way? And I think the movie does an exceptional job of that. So I'm going mm-hmm. to give a lot of credit um, to the screenplay for this movie uh, by Kent Powers. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's written off a single line from a book he read like five years ago. Yeah, I was reading that in the press packet. I was like, just like my guy, <laughs> how? Right. I would love well, to read, a, like, just write an article based off of a singular idea. That would be great. <laughs> so, so the line essentially says that all four of these people were in the same hotel room at one point. And that's that's about it. And during all the research, he couldn't find any more information about it. So it, it'd be very much if, like, 50 years from now, there's an article that says Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, and Denis Villeneuve were all in the same room together. And some film guy's like, what? <laughs> Dude, so, I bet you that's happened. I, I, I'm totally, I totally believe it happened, but a lot of the stuff's more documented now at the age of the internet and, yeah. and lots of stuff. But uh, anyway, so big, big props to, to Kent Powers, big props to Regina King, big props mm-hmm. to all the actors, uh, big props to the ending. The music is incredible. I, I don't have anything more to say. I really think this is worth your time. I really think this is worth checking out, especially if you're familiar with the characters. Uh, you know, I'm not a yeah. big football fan, so that's why I'm not familiar with Jim Brown. Um, so I, I think this you know, is going to be a good let's hang out on a Saturday or a Friday um, and just watch this movie and just talk about it days, weeks, months after. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm excited to relive the conversations that these guys are having uh, in the hotel room. I'm excited to, to be able to talk publicly about, uh, I mean, I'm allowed to talk publicly about this movie because we're not embargoed, but I'm excited to talk about people once they've had access, once they can see it. I really think that there's something special with this movie. And I think being available on prime, you know, to reach a very wide audience, uh, is, is, uh, is really good. And if you, uh, gosh, uh, just be prepared for the movie, but yeah. I, I think if you know what you're getting into, then, then you should have a great time. Yeah. And I mean, while you're there, maybe check out, I'm your woman, sound of metal. They're, yeah. they're fantastic. Right, man. I, I really hope prime has a, has a good year because they have some of the best movies that nobody talks about. Like, uh, you know, it's been that way for a while. I mean, I think Big Sick is one of the best rom-coms to come out recently and got some talk about it when it came out, but not enough. And you know, Sound of Metal is going to be talked about more the closer we get to award season. Yeah, and I I definitely think once I put out award stuff, I mean, that's going to be top of mind. Cool. Well, hey, uh, do you do you have any, any last thoughts? I'm all out of thoughts. So do you have any last things you want to say about this movie? Uh, yeah. The scene with the Bob Dylan song, mm. like how Malcolm is just say, saying, hey, I, I do not care about you in this moment because you haven't done this, this, and this. And the way, you know, Leslie Odom Jr. kind of just goes from this happy, jovial guy to this, hey, man, stop playing. Just like That was the moment that I realized that Leslie Odom Jr. is doing something special in this movie. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I was like, okay. This could really be anybody. That was the moment where I'm like, he's excellent. Yeah, and then it really, another thing is it really takes, the movie takes time to also condemn Malcolm for some of the things he does in this movie. He's, yes, and I appreciated that. Nobody in this movie is a complete hero. And, you know, that's 
great, you know, and uh, it, it's yes. just a fantastic movie. I hope everyone listening to this watches it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you bringing up that, I did want to bring up something. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie is uh, the flashback of Leslie Odom Jr. performing, or Sam Cooke performing oh, in, yeah. the, uh, in the place where he sabotaged. That is such an incredible scene. It's it's not necessarily moving or, or powerful, but it's captivating. Yeah, I mean, I listen to that thing every morning just because it's <laughs> like this energy is brought out in just even in the recording, the re-recording, I mean. And it's just like, yep. man, you make you feel like you're in that room. Yes, that's a great way to put it. It's told by a flashback and it's cutting back and forth, but you're you're still like, you're there. <laughs> yeah, like the way Malcolm describes, hey, you're caressing that mic, you know, the way you'd hold a, hold a beautiful woman or it's just unparalleled. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. Did you have thoughts on uh, that rooftop scene? No, I just think that's the, I think that's the pivotal point. That's the turning point. Yeah. Um, th- that's the moment where this movie turns from, this is a casual encounter of four people and and is no longer about what if what if four prominent African Americans at one time got together versus what if four prominent African Americans got together to talk about the future of the civil rights movement. That's to me that's what the and that's what the movie is ultimately trying to achieve. For the first 40 minutes it almost just feels like you know a fantasy almost like almost like Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just Yes. something like that and like like, that's fine but tarantino knew exactly what he wanted to do and he that was that for the whole movie whereas i knew one night miami was always trying to do something a little bit more yeah it's trying to have a conversation not just say hey we're here i'm afraid i don't think it's gonna happen but i'm afraid somebody's gonna watch this movie and turn it off 20 minutes in because it's gonna happen they're bored. I, well, I mean, obviously it's going to happen because that will happen with every movie. But yep. I'm afraid that the intro to this movie is going to lose people. I'm just, I'm telling you, like, it's I, worth sticking it out. I think this movie lives and dies on Eli. Okay. Like, if they're not captivated by that opening fight, they're pro- uh, the mainstream viewer is probably going to turn that off and say, mm, not for me. Was your first thought after seeing the fight scenes, like, dang, I want to see Regina King do you know, Creed 3? Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that Michael <laughs> B. Jordan's doing Creed 3. I'm like, hey, she's actually got some good camera work. She's just doing it handheld, but not too shaky. It's nice that I can yeah, actually I thought see. Yeah, I thought she was great. I'd love to see her do... Um, I, I thought it was a very excellently shot fight scene and as somebody that doesn't care about fighting. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, I could watch this. Yeah, I mean, again, the energy of this movie is just palpable you can feel like you're in the space where these great people are and yeah not really have to say a whole lot you could just be like a smile by malcolm or like a raised fist or anything like that and you're just like oh right i'm there yeah and you know man talk about putting yourself in that scene yeah regina king's really showing that off in this movie, you know, cause we mentioned the, the stomp your feet, but, mm-hmm. uh, seeing the, the performance, the same cook performance, but man, I felt like I was in that boxing arena. Yeah. Because it gets real tight in there and it's, it does. it's looking at Eli's face and the other person's face. And like when he's going down and looking at that guy, he's just kind of eye staring at him like, Hey, <laughs> I'm coming for yep. you. And you yep. can kind of feel that same 
energy. Hey, one last question for you, Austin, uh, about the movie, and that is, you already mentioned you think best original song. Do you see this movie take another, any substantial awards? Uh, I could see Kingsley Benadire um, doing best supporting or best lead. Depends on how they want to categorize it. Uh, it could do, um, eh, not best sound design. could do screenplay, um, but that's a kind of tight race. I, I think that's already pretty much locked right now, and I don't think one night in Miami is there. I think that's Nomad Land. I think that's Minari. Charlie Chicago Seven, presumably up there. Yeah, probably Charlie Chicago Seven, King of Staten Island. Yep. Um, yeah, I I could see this getting a nomination. I don't think it'll win. Uh, the one the one award that I do think this win, will win, and I do think should win, um, would be Best Ensemble Cast at the Critics Choice Awards. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's the, that's like the only good. that's the only other major award I could see this winning. I mean, I could see this winning a lot more, but yeah, other than the the best best actor, potentially best supporting actor with Leslie Odom. Uh, I don't. Know, I still. I still am kind of pulling for Sasha Baron Cohen for Charlie Chicago Seven, but I, I could see this pulling out screenplay nomination. I could see this pulling out act, acting nominations and or wins, and I could see uh, for sure. I think this will win best original song. But yeah, the only other big award I can think of is um, best ensemble cast. Oh, best direction. I definitely a nomination. Um, yeah, like a nomination. a nomination. I don't think it's winning. I think Best Direction goes to Chloe Zhao for no, Nomadland. Yeah, well, I haven't seen that one yet. So, <laughs> I, Well, I haven't either, but I'm just hearing things from my critics' friends, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's yep. a lock. Either that or um, I think Minari. Again, haven't seen that one. Me neither. <laughs> but, well, when it comes out. Yeah, yeah it, it'll be interesting. Awesome. Hey, uh, Austin, where can people uh, follow you, uh, get your opinions on other movies besides this one, get a chance to have a conversation with you about it when they do check this out on January 15th on Prime Video uh, later? And where can they, uh, yeah, where can they, get, can they continue this conversation? Well, uh, I'm actually going to have a podcast uh, episode this week. Um, so look for that on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Uh, the website is austinb.media. Uh, if you want to read some more my, of my stuff, uh, you can follow me at Austin B Tweets on Twitter, uh, on Instagram as Austin B Media, although I'm not so active there. And then Facebook is Austin B Media as well. I've got some really cool award stuff that I'm working on that I think people will love to see. It's been a true blessing these past nine months being able to do Austin B Media just it's been fantastic. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be checking stuff out. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Schweikastle or email me at writersroom at sifpop.com. Thanks, uh, thanks, Austin, for joining. I really appreciate you. having you on and having your voice. Uh, thanks to uh, Amazon and the studio for uh, giving us early access to this film that we can provide it a review for you on day one. Uh, thanks to Regina King and Kent Powers for giving us such an incredible story. Uh, but with all that in mind, uh, Austin, uh, you know, it's award season. You know, we got to get back to the writer's room.